0: Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. We are in the book of Deuteronomy. That's the fifth book in the Bible. and We've made it to chapter 7. So, if you want to read along with me, let's begin with verse 1. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you, so, this is Moses, the same Ten Commandments, Moses addressing the congregation that's been rescued from slavery in Egypt, headed toward the Promised Land in what we call Israel or Palestine in modern times, and giving them some sort of last-minute orders to remember uh, when they enter into the land they're about to go and colonize. Verse 2, And when the Lord your God delivers you them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them nor show mercy to them. So, um, that's the order to go in and basically massacre the people that were there before them. The same sort of thing that uh, the, uh, happened in America when it was colonized, and happened in the islands when they were colonized, and happens around the world when they were colonized by different forces over throughout the throughout time. Um, so that's what those different ites were, who we just read about in verse one, people who are already in the area. So it's not like uh, the 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 congregation will be the first ones there. There were already people there occupying that area, just as there were already indigenous people in America when the colonizers came here. Um, but look at the order, the demand, the command they're being given to not only um, you know basically conquer to colonize their land take over steal their property their land but also to murder and massacre the people who live there not to make any peace treaties with them but to kill them all and that seems um strange to be coming from the lord since they were told thou shalt not kill we just went over the ten commandments in the previous chapter but let's keep reading verse three nor shall you make marriages with them you shall not Give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son. So that's the verse, um, forbidding, uh, what do they call it? Uh, I guess you would say interracial marriage, but not really. Because it's not about race at this point. It's more about, um, uh, the, the nationality, I guess you would say, of the people that they're mixing with. Um, but I'm sure a lot of bigots use that verse to justify, um, being against um, interracial marriage um, but one other thing to notice about verse two I meant to, well, i'm going to point out is that it says showing them no mercy that is another contradictory message to the christian message where jesus tells us um, do good to our enemies, love your enemies, uh, pray for our enemies and um, so it's, it's very different than the order being given in the old testament letting us know again there's more than one religion in the bible and as christians like i always say we i gravitate toward it is Je- toward what it is jesus has to say since he's the head of the christian uh faith it's named for his title verse four for they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods so the anger of the lord Will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly so me there is canceled capitalized so it lets us know it's talking about um the lord that's um addressing them or telling them uh to be faithful uh lord is still being referred to, or translated from the word jehovah here um but um it's it's kind of it, it, i don't it doesn't quite make sense how it's written it says it's Moses talking to the people. It's not like it's the Lord addressing the people, but it's Moses saying, make them turn away from me, as if it's Moses that's going to be turned away from, but I'm sure it must just be Moses put um, passing on the message, you know, acting as the messenger, but basically warning the people that unfaithfulness, idolatry will only cause wrath to rise uh, against them from the Lord. Verse 5, but thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars and break down their sacred pillars and cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. So the command to them is to go in and not only kill all of the people, but to destroy all of their religion, all their religious artifacts. So in modern times, it would be just like how if you were to, if you are one religion, you'd go in and destroy all the uh, say all the new moons of another religion or if you're that religion you destroy all the crosses and crucifixes of the Christian religion or if you're a different religion you might destroy all the stars of David of the religion they're being ordered to destroy the the articles that define the religion that the people there worship by and um, one of the words that's um, translated the word that's translated to wooden images here the um Word it's that it's coming from, or the word it's originally appears as in the Hebrew manuscripts, and I only know that because I'm using the blueletterbible.org website, is Asherim. And that's with a capital A because it's referring to a pagan deity, a female pagan deity that people worship not just there but around the world. Um, it, from the little statues that I've seen, like in different documentaries she usually appears as sort of a naked chubby heavy-set fat uh woman um as their goddess but i'm sure that's just one rendering of what people uh looked to her for as their um uh, or or how they designed her as they would design their different um idols their different uh statues and things and Asherim is the is a Canaanite deity it says um, I'm sorry, Asherim is a plural for Canaanite deities, plural. Plural, where So then that lets us know it's not just one that's being worshipped there. Um, it's a whole uh, pantheon of different deities that are being worshipped there. Sort of like the same way Greek and Roman mythology are. They don't have just one god that they worship. They have gods and goddesses and all sorts of other uh, uh, entities uh, in tiers that are worshipped. Um And so all of that is being forbidden here, and all of that's to be destroyed, according to the commandments the people are being given at this point, verse six, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God, the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth, so the people are being told they are sanctified, set apart as a special people among all the people in the world. I believe the That part of the reason for that, excuse me, is um because that's the people chosen to um be the people that Jesus arises from that the Christ um arrives from. I think that's the reason for them being set apart um but let's keep reading verse seven: the Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people. For you are the least of all peoples. So now Moses is going to begin to dress down the people just in case they start to get a little uppity about thinking, Oh, well, we're a special chosen people. That makes us better than everyone else. So just to sort of head that off, Moses is going to let them know. It's not because you're many. So it's not like it's because there's multitudes and multitudes of you. Although last count in the book of Numbers, there were more than 600,000 men alone. And only some sort of men. So there were all sorts of other people with them. But um, that's not the reason Moses is saying. That's not the reason the Lord has chosen them. So let's keep reading. Verse 8. But because the Lord loves you. And because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers. The Lord has brought you up. Has brought you out with a mighty hand. And redeemed you from the house of bondage. From the hand of Pharaoh king of Egypt. So Moses is telling the people it's because the Lord has love for the people that they were rescued, emancipated from enslavement in Egypt. Um, not because there are so many of them, not because they're so numerous. Um, and so that the oath, the promise, the prophecies, the the words that were given to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, could um, come to pass. That that's the reason for um, them being chosen. Verse nine, therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep His commandments, so when we've read about that again and again with the perpetual statutes and uh, forever judgments that people are supposed to, were doing were ordered to do back then, and supposed to be doing even now, if you believe this is the Lord God Almighty, giving these orders and demanding these forever statutes um and of course believe what you want um but the words um um uh, the words lord in this uh verse the word lord in this verse is still being translated back to the or from the word jehovah but the word god capital g um where it says god which keepeth covenant that word god is being translated from the word l which is a whole other different um ancient well i guess it wouldn't be ancient but another deity that people worshiped in ancient times i'm sure people probably still do in some numbers around the world now but just so you understand again that the translations of the words matter for that reason because if you didn't if we didn't know that um different entities are being called god and lord throughout the bible you might be fooled into thinking that it is just one singular entity that's being worshiped as the lord from genesis to revelation but that's not the case they're all just translated to the word lord or god but they're not all the same entity being worshiped at all uh verse 10 and he repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. So that's the, um, uh, that's sort of like the vengeance is mine uh, verse that uh, appears later on in the Bible, says the Lord in the Bible. Um, But this is, is, I guess it's sort of talking about vengeance because it's saying repaying um, those who hate. But um, that sort of contradicts what we've read before where it's, The people who are being commanded to go out and do all this, we just read it, they're being commanded to go into the areas and kill the people that they're going in to occupy their land. Why in the world do they need to go in and massacre all the people if it's the Lord's mission and the Lord is able to repay for slight or for um, things that seem slight? Um, Why not just go in and clear a path for the people as they go? So that it's not the burden isn't on them, and they can really know that the Lord is working with them divinely to just wipe out people in front of them and clear truly clear the path before them. But that's not how it's happening. So that's not how we're gonna. We're just reading it. So that's not how it happened, though. They've been given the command to do all the massacring, um, and uh, Moses mentions again to them that they were rescued from enslavement in Egypt. And I think that's again, so that people don't forget where they come from. As you know, that's common in modern times, probably been always been common, where people, if they get incentivized to either be fit in with another group or to be able to have a more easy life by passing, like when um, light-skinned black people could pass for white, when there was segregation and those sort of Jim Crow laws and even now all the ugliness of our surrounding race even now life is easier for some light-skinned black people if they can truly pass for white i mean it's easier in the sense that they have more opportunity and access than they would if people recognize them as black but it's not easier in the sense that they're carrying that burden and they're carrying that constant um i would think it's constant fear of being found out it's parallels the same experience of passable trans people where if you do all you can to be passable, and then once you're passable, there's the danger of being found out. Um, well, there's the possible danger of being found out. Not just physical danger, but the discrimination, the oppression, the all the other ugliness that comes with when people feel like they um, have a right to judge you for what they thought you were, as opposed to what they think you should be. That sort of thing. It's, it parallels. It's the same thing in the race battle. That's why it's so shameful and disgraceful that uh, so many people of color and I'll just say black people since I'm black get lulled into or wrangled into that thinking that oh it's they're the other so that they get to Look down their nose at the LGBT community, another oppressed, marginalized community. But it gives them, makes a whole lot of black people, not all, obviously, but makes a whole lot of black people sell themselves out and become tokens to a cause, hoping to be able to, like black people who could pass for white, make their lives a little easier by aligning themselves with the oppressor rather than aligning themselves with those who are fellow fellow oppressed people to overcome the oppression. And I can't really blame them because who doesn't want an easier life? But it is kind of disgraceful that people will do things like that, betray themselves, betray others in their own boat for their own ease. Especially when it's not a certain ease. It's not secure because, like I said, as soon as you're found out, it's trouble, trouble, whether you're black passing for white or in uh, nowadays, like I said, I know a Mexican guy who passes for white and he is in the MAGA crowd, hates the the Mexican people at the border, the immigrants at the border, the asylum seekers at the border, hates Black Lives Matter and embraces all of the bigotry and racism that the MAGA crew pushes in hopes that he can fit in with them, even though like I said, he's uh he's not he's who's he's who they despise. He's just like so many other tokens. Like the Caitlin token or the Jewish token with the or the black tokens who uh go out and stomp for people who hate them it's it's really psychotically sick but it's very very common also um but back to what we're reading here um the people are being admonished to remember that they were delivered from that slavery and don't forget it and to know um I think so that they don't forget it, so they don't fall into that tokenism and and um and oppressing their own people again, but you know it happens verse nine, therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations, where those who love him may keep his commandments, so here it's saying that the the love and faithfulness is rewarded for a thousand generations, but we read all previously where the um, payback is also from generation to generation if you hate the Lord. Um, but then some preachers will turn around and say, oh, no, no, it's not that at all. And they'll say that because part, another part of the Bible says that. Then, no, your children aren't going to inherit your sins. You're going to inherit your own recompense for your sins. But that contradicts what we're reading right here. So, But we're right here right now, so we'll just focus on this. Verse 10, and he repays those who hate him to their face to destroy them. He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. So, um, saying assuredly that we're going to reap what we sow. And if you decide to to make warring against God your battle, feel free to do that. But you're going to get repaid for it. Verse 11, therefore you shall keep the commandment, the statutes. And the judgments which I command you today to observe them. So Moses is saying, Be faithful to the orders that he's given them as commandments. Verse 12. Then it shall come to pass, because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the mercy which he swore to your fathers. So Moses is saying, If you be faithful to God, God will be faithful to you. And the faithfulness is shown in how closely you keep the covenants. Um, And we've gone over it again and again, how the original commandments were only ten, and yet all the statutes and stuff are numerous. Um, So you have to, well, I guess you have to decide which ones you're keeping or which ones are included, or if you're going to do them at all. As a Christian, like I said, Jesus affirms some things, like the Ten Commandments, and other things he completely contradicts, like what we read in the previous chapter um but again we're just reading it as it's written so let's keep reading verse 13 and he will love you and bless you and multiply you he will also bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land your grain and your new wine and your oil the incense of your cattle the increase of your cattle excuse me and the offspring of your flock in the land of which he swore to your fathers to give you so moses is saying and being faithful to the lord the lord will prosper and multiply them in the land where they're going in to colonize and possess. Verse 14. You shall be blessed above all peoples. There shall not be a male or female barren among you or among your livestock. So one of the rewards for their faithfulness is reproductive rewards that the people will be uh, prosperous in childbirth. Verse 15. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness, and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which you've known, but will lay them on all those who hate you. So they're being assured of protection from also the diseases and things that other people will suffer if they are faithful. Verse 16, also you shall destroy all the peoples whom the Lord your God delivers over to you. Your eyes shall have no pity on them, nor shall you serve their gods, for that will be a snare to you. So, again, they're ordered to massacre all the people who are already in the lands where they're going in to possess. And they're being told that they have to do that because if they don't, the gods that those people serve, in other words, the religion that the religions that are among those people will become a snare for them because they'll be tempted into worshiping the same way that the people who they encounter worship. And I guess that would be normal. Just like if you go to some sort of interfaith service, you might be curious about how other faiths interact with their um, uh, idea of God. Verse 17, if you should say in your heart, These nations are greater than I. How can I dispossess them? So Moses is saying if the people begin to feel in their heart that the places where they're going to colonize are uh, numerous and strong people. Verse 18, you shall not be afraid of them. You shall remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and all Egypt. So he's saying if you do get fearful about the people you're gonna encounter, then just think back and remember that you are up against the mighty people in Africa also, and the Lord still delivered you from the enslavement you were suffering there. Verse 19 The great trials which your eyes saw, the signs and the wonders, the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. So Moses let him know, just like the Lord delivered them through miracle signs and wonders like the plagues and the part in the red sea and and the passover in those same ways expect deliverance in the places where they're going now if they're faithful verse 20 moreover the lord your god will send the hornet among them until those who are left who hide themselves from you are destroyed so in being faithful they can expect victory in battle and victory in conquering the lands they're going in to colonize, even with the Lord fighting on their side to drive out the people who are in, in the land before them. Uh, verse 21, you shall not be terrified of them, for the Lord your God, the great and awesome God, is among you. So, they're being The people are being reassured that they shouldn't be terrified or afraid of the um, enemy or the, 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 the armies they're about to encounter and being reassured that God is with them. And let that be their strength, let that be their courage and their encouragement as they go along the way. Verse 22, And the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you, Little by little, you'll be unable to destroy them at once, lest the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. So, I guess that's the explanation given for why the Lord doesn't just clear the path and let the people go in because, um, you know, like clear the path by wiping out those nations that are apparently so offensive to the Lord, just wiping them out with an instant in an instant, and then just letting the people go in and occupy the cleared out land rather the Lord doesn't do that according to this explanation it seems because if that were done then there would be too many animals too many wild beasts roaming the land not enough people to hunt them and kill them and whatnot to keep the numbers down so that that's the reason the, pe- the path isn't just instantly cleared out for them uh, so that they won't be conquered by the animals of the land and that kind of goes along with what Jesus says about God so loving the world um that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, it's not the people that God loves. It's the world that God loves. And I think it's the fact that the world has a, the effect on people that it does. The different things the world is able to bring about. Whether it's um, you encounter love or hate in the world. Whether you encounter riches or poverty in the world. Whether you encounter God or evil. Good or evil. God or the devil in the world. What are, whatever your, our experiences in the world. Um, it seems shapes our... Um, our um decision making and our paths on these different crossroads we are constantly encountering and i think that's what god watches for that's what the lord is watching to see uh which paths we take and which ways we'll go and then which way we we'll end up going upstairs or downstairs in the end um Verse 23, did we read that one? But the Lord your God will deliver them over to you and will inflict defeat upon them until they are destroyed. So they're assured victory in being faithful over the people that they're going to encounter. Verse 24, he will deliver their kings in your hand and you will destroy their name from under heaven. No one shall be able to stand against you until you've destroyed them. So they're being ordered again to just completely wipe out the nations and people who are there already in the land before them and to even blot out their memory from history, which is kind of strange since they're listed here by name, those different ites, um, um very early on and again and again throughout the Bible. But they're um, the people themselves, it seems, are wiped out. 25, you shall burn the, sacred, the carved images of their gods, with fire, you shall not covet the silver or gold, excuse me. You shall not cover the covet the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it for yourselves, lest you, be, lest you be snared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. So, there's a word we haven't seen in a while abomination. Uh, abominations mean basically mean totally offensive um, in the eyes of the Lord, um, and those. those many things are considered abominations um whether it be same sex sex considered an abomination in the old testament not in the not by Jesus in the new um but also shellfish an abomination that includes shrimp lobster crabs uh, uh also an abomination pork that means bacon ham sausage all those things are considered abominations so you know people are being hypocritical and probably dealing with their own inner demons about being under the LGBT uh, umbrella um, themselves why they constantly only choose and cherry pick one of those abominations to dwell on usually the LGBT um, so called abomination and I think again that's because they're in the closet and dealing with their own feelings about it and how to and how to address it and their own inner conflicts. so rather than embrace all the abominations that are listed all the things that are listed as abominations and denouncing all of those from pork and sausage to lgbt stuff Um, but also other things too like men marrying their men specifically marrying uh sisters or um and which also happens in the bible and happened and didn't get condemned by the way All those are considered abominations, yet people will cherry-pick just the one, the LGBT one. And I think just like that famous comedian who seems to constantly gravitate back toward trans people, I think it's because those are the demons in their own heart, in their own mind, that they're suffering with. And they're struggling with and they don't know how how to deal with They're wrestling with it, and the only way they can deal with it is to denounce it. The only way they think they can deal with it is to denounce it as wickedness when actually... It's who they are, and they have no more choice in it than any of the rest of the people under the LGBT umbrella. You have a choice on whether you act out on it, whether you choose to engage in sex, same-sex sex, but in the actual desire, the actual attraction, the love. You have no choice in that. Any more than straight people have a choice in that, or any less than straight people have a choice in having the sex with other people. Opposite sex people. You have no choice in the attraction. But you have a choice in the physical activity. The sexual activity. That's the choice. But the the attraction itself. There's no choice there. Only if you act out on it. That's the choice. Um, or if you choose to cherry pick. It, it, some things as abominations. But others as not. Um, but to me that's a dead giveaway. Of a closet case. that someone Of someone who is so... Like hey you see it uh for instance, that um, recently that uh, he's got like a million followers on the social media he's constantly out he's a token black guy who's like seventy years old out there constantly talking about the wickedness of black lives matter and how evil homosexuality is, and then it turns out he's been chasing d for decades and has there's men coming out of the woodworks saying how he. Uh, hooked up with them and even coerced them in having sex with them, yet he's out there making announcements and speeches that denounce people just like him, but only from a closet position. It's really, really psychotically sick, but it's the same playbook that's used again and again and again. Like I said, whether it's, it's always to demonize the other Whether the other is LGBT for black people, or whether it's black people to white people, or whether it's women, to men, whatever the case may be, it's using that that otherism to establish some sort of oppression of that class and then choosing some tokens to help reinforce it so that people in that other in as the others can have some people they can gravitate towards in that self loathing. It's very sick verse 26 nor shall you bring an abomination into your house lest you be doomed to destruction like it you shall utterly detest it and utterly abhor it for it is an accursed thing so the abomination is talking about here i think specifically is those asherah those asherim those idols those little statues those articles of, of other religions i think that's specifically what it's talking about here being brought into your house But if if it's not talking about that specifically, even though that's how this chapter started out, it's another reason I think that's what it's talking about, it could be talking about any abomination you bring into your house, and if that's the case, then that goes back to what I just said about pork and uh, shellfish and all sorts of other things that are considered abominations. Uh, It's even, even eating butter is considered an abomination. It's considered uh, forbidden as one of the dietary rules. So, if you're Going to be trying to live by the whole Bible. There's a whole lot of things you're supposed to be observing, and I'm not sure you're doing that. I'm not sure many people are at all doing that, even though they thump their Bibles. That's why, as a Christian, I lean on, what again, what Jesus has to say. Christ himself, the author, I mean the authority of Christianity. Why would you give that authority to anyone else as a Christian? Um, either way... Um, they're being ordered to detest all those other religious articles and not embrace them or even have them in their houses. So that means don't have any statues of other religions or anything hanging around your neck or tattooed on you or in your house that represents some other religion. And for the people here in this congregation, that would mean even a Christian cross would be a no-no um, because that's this isn't a, the Christian faith That's being laid out here. This is another religion that um, uh, is in the Bible, and there are many. Um, But that's the last verse in this chapter, so that's where we'll end this reading. As always, thank you for joining me. I hope it's a blessing for you, and I hope that you'll join me again for the Naked Truth. Stay safe. God bless you. I love you, and I'll see you next time. Peace be with you.